0: Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the Modern Cowboy. Hey, today uh, we're really excited to have uh, Mike Crouch uh, on the podcast. Uh, It's uh, interesting how we... How we kind of met we, although we've never met in person but uh, before we get to the interview I just uh, want to uh, acknowledge our sponsor for today's show. Uh, today's sponsor is Go rope Clothing Company. Uh, you can check them out at goropeclothing.com. Uh, I've had an opportunity to interview the owner Jenny and uh, it's a great great brand, uh, great mission and love what, uh, love what she's doing. We got an episode coming up with her. Uh, and their tagline is, Life is Short, Go Rope. So you can check them out on Instagram at, at GoRopeClothing, Facebook page go Rope, and uh, www.goropeclothing.com. Uh, so before I you know, start talking to Mike, uh, one of the things that when I started the Modern Cowboy podcast that I was just kind of excited about was you know, connecting with cowboys all over the world because growing up, that's all I wanted to do was be a cowboy, and uh, even though I wasn't born on a ranch or anything like that. But I know that everybody or a lot of people have that same feeling. They see a cowboy hat, they see cowboy boots, you know, you see a cowboy. It's, you know, it's just a, it may, it's it's cliche, but it, it, a cowboy is an iconic figure. And so when, when I was looking for my website, uh, you know, I was looking for moderncowboy.com. Well, somebody owns that. And uh, I, I, I started to check it out. They wanted a lot of money for it. And I didn't even want to go into any type of negotiation or anything and being uh, kind of the cowboy way myself. I said, you know what? I don't need a dot com and uh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do something else. And so I went, was looking through it and they had a dot global. And so I thought, you know what? That's what I'm doing because I'm going, I'm checking out cowboys all and cowboys all around the world. So we went with dot global. And when I, you know, uh, found out or saw Mike on social media and, and I ultimately realized that he lived in uh, In Italy, I was like, man, okay, so this guy is the epitome of the modern day uh, global cowboy. So I'm excited to have him on the show today, uh, hear his story and and how how he ended up uh, over there uh, being a cowboy from Texas and uh, just share uh, his story with everybody. So
1: Mike, hey, welcome to uh, Modern Cowboy. Excited to have you on the show. Nice to be here, Dan. Uh, thanks for contacting me and uh, giving us the opportunity to be on the show with you today.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. And like, like I was saying, um, you know, we're just interested to find out, you know, how you ended up uh, in, in Italy uh, and ended up, you know, putting on ropings over there. So if, if you would, just, uh, you know, give us a history on yourself and, and uh, take us through, you know, all this series of events that happened to, to get you where you're at today.
1: Wow, that's a, that's a long, complicated story, and I'll try to get through it. Um, you know, I was born in Indiana. My my fa- mother and father had a farm there in the late 70s and uh, actually went break, uh, bankrupt. And my father and my stepmother moved to Wilderada, Texas, which is about 20 miles west of Amarillo. And my father run the mill and the feedlot. And so I got to grow up in a feedlot and they had a roping arena at the feedlot. And all the time I could, I spent down there with the guys and I learned to team rope. Uh, I worked a bunch in the feedlot. And as I grew older, I started started uh, training horses and starting colts for people. I started working on some of the ranches around there and uh, running the wheat pasture cattle and doing all that stuff. And of course, uh, I guess when I was about twelve or thirteen, I entered my first rodeo, and probably like a lot of people, I was uh, I got into the bull riding. So I started riding steers and uh, had a little bit of success there. And uh, I think in eight, 1989, I won the High Plains Junior Rodeo Association uh, Bull Riding Year End Championship. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I always wanted to be a roper, and uh, so I really concentrated on rope. And then, and I I mostly roped calves growing up. And then, and then I lost a a really good calf horse that I had, and I just kind of went to cowboying for a while, and day working on ranches. And then I got the team roping bug.
0: Yeah, we all know what that's like.
1: Yeah, and uh, there were some really good ropers in that area. And since I already had quite a bit of experience in the calf rope and the scoring and everything was pretty easy in the kitchen, so I accelerated that pretty quick and had some success with that. But you know, this was like 1989, 90, and in 91 I graduated high school, golf wars going on, so I joined the army. Oh. Yeah, I joined the Army, and I and uh, my recruiter told me, he said, you know, you're probably going to get in the artillery. You're probably going to get stationed in Fort Seal, Oklahoma. And I was like, that'll be great. I'll get two years out of school and get some money put away from college and everything, and I can just take my horses over there and be able to do my job during the week and go to roping on weekends. But that's not how it turned out. <laughs> when i finished uh, basic training my orders sent me to uh to uh, frankfurt germany so i Man. spent two years there in the military and i was really dreading it whenever i got my orders and everything but you know it was my duty and also so i went to germany and and i couldn't believe it but when i got over there I found out that there was a rodeo association in Germany called the uh, European Rodeo Cowboys Association, which mostly was uh, U.S. U.S. soldiers, but right. there were also quite a few Germans. The Germans that were involved in that, so it gave me a great opportunity to travel around Germany and to and to compete. And the Ropens were were uh, pretty pretty competitive at the time there were a lot of guys that uh that could rope really well and we had a lot of fun and and i was able to put away some money and it was just fantastic
0: man and and and, and how, just briefly what what the, how do they the horses over there and you know i mean anybody bringing horses over from here or were you guys all riding horses that were there already in germany
1: well, we were riding horses that came from the United States. There had been uh, numerous, numerous people that came to Europe to put on rodeos and things like that. So some of the buck and stalk came from, from those rodeos and the rope and horses and the other horses, the saddle horses and stuff mostly come from the United States. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, while, I, while, while I was there in, uh, in Germany, they started up the Buffalo Bill Wild West show at Disneyland Paris. I don't know if you know anybody that was working on the show, but there were a lot of, uh, a lot of ropers and cowboys from all over the United States and the Indians uh, that worked on that show. And so those guys started also coming to, uh, to compete at the rodeos. And uh, Now, now
0: the- I'm not familiar with that. I mean, and it sounds just cool as can be. And, you know, when I read your bio – um, tell, tell us a little bit about that, and because I don't even know if we have that here.
1: Well, no, this, uh, Disneyland Paris is the only it's the only Disneyland that has the the Buffalo Bill Wild West Show, and it's a reenactment of the Wild West Show that William F. Cody brought to Europe years ago. right And actually most of the Cowboys were- uh recruited from the US TRC uh, finals. So nope. there were a lot of team ropers. We got like uh XBFI winner, Rocky Carpenter. Oh yeah. National Finals team roper and header, Chris Lawson. <laughs> uh Jeff Wheelis who was a national finals steer roping uh qualifier was also there. So there were some really good hands over there. That's but crazy. uh I I actually finished my turn in uh in Germany and I went back to Texas. And uh, went back to cowboying. Was living in uh, Kroll, Texas. calving heifers on a ranch. Lived in a bunkhouse. Didn't have a telephone. <laughs> and uh, every every day at lunch, I would r- ride over to another camp, and that's where I had lunch—the only hot meal I really got today. And and the phone rang, and it wasn't even a real phone. It was a tower type phone, a cellular old cellular style phone and uh a guy hired me to find some guys to put on a rodeo in Madrid,
2: Spain. No kidding,
1: yeah, so we went over to Madrid, and then some of the some of the guys that were working at paris they uh they told me, Mike, we're needing some people over there, and it started to get hot in Texas and I said, you know." I left, uh, left there making $800 a month and I went to making 6,000 a month in Paris. So the decision was not real difficult. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And the Buffalo Bill Wild West show, it's a, it's a nightly production. There's a show at six thirty, and there's a show at nine last an hour and a half. It's a dinner show with a crowd participation, but, uh, there are, uh, we had like a campfire scene we had like a grand entry type thing there were buffalo all native americans from and dancing and Annie Oakley and it was a lot of fun
0: now d- and are they still putting that on today and still
1: it's still running i think it's the longest running stage production in the world it sold the most tickets of any show production ever it's huge and it's still a fantastic show
0: Man, yeah, well, we haven't been to Europe yet, um, and my wife and I really want to go. So when we do, uh, I'm going to look you up and have to have you take us to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I've still got some friends up there that are still working there today, and a lot of those guys come down and rope with me some.
0: That's awesome. Great story.
1: Yeah, so uh, here in Italy, the rodeo got started in 1995, and obviously they didn't have any cowboys. So uh, the the people that were, were putting on the rodeos, they hired some of us from uh, from Euro Disney. I rode some saddle bronc horses in high school, so I would go down there and ride broncs, and and we had did some roping and. It was a good show, and we had a lot of fun. But then they hired me to do a uh, a roping school, and uh, yeah, I did a roping school. And one of the students at the roping school was a very wealthy Italian gentleman, and he hired me immediately. And I moved to Tuscany in 1998, Man. and uh, I went to work for him.
0: Now, now you live in uh, is it Chivasso? Is that the way it's pronounced, or Hivasso. Hivasso. And yes. h- how close is that to Tuscany?
1: Oh, about three and a half hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. My, yeah.
0: my wife, she loves that movie. I can't remember the name of it, but Diane Lane's in it. She was in Lonesome Dove and it's it's in something about Tuscany. I've I've watched it numerous times, but she mm-hmm. you know has this uh, great fantasy about going over there and seeing Oh Tuscany
1: Tuscany is beautiful it's a really beautiful place a lot of history yeah the funny thing about it is uh, we lived out of the country and from the barn where uh, we saddled every day you could see six islands out in the Mediterranean Sea we're right on the hills above the Mediterranean oh, man. And a big a big roping arena I think I had 18 head of horses and I was taking care of all of them and doing it all myself but the funny thing about it I only talked to one person for a whole year.
0: You're kidding.
1: Right. No one at that time, you know, 98 there in Tuscany, it wasn't a big tourist destination that area, which it is today. But uh yeah, no one really spoke English. So I only talked to like one person for a whole year. <laughs>
0: oh man. Now, do you speak Italian now? Yes, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess.
0: Well, that's the way they say the best way to learn another language is just get immersed in it. And you literally did.
1: Yes, I did. While I was in Tuscany, I met my uh I met my wife and uh she was also working down there in the wine business. Uh-huh. And um we both wanted a, a change in scenery, so we moved up to Piemonte where her family actually is from.
0: Uh-huh. So in in is that close to where uh Hivaso is
1: yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. And um, my wife now, she's a school teacher, uh-huh. and and I've been training horses here for the last 15 years here in, in Piemonte and giving roping lessons and doing schools and traveling around Europe and trying to trying to make this a global sport.
0: Yeah, well, in, it sure seems like it's, it's headed that way. Um, I heard somebody say the other day that, that they do have team roping in 38 countries now. Um, you know, wow! I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know specifically. I I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I I think it was Bob Tallman for some reason. I don't know. I I saw you know a clip of something, but um, yeah, that's that's amazing. And you know, one one of my objectives too is to just help you know promote promote the sport and and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, we'll understand it. And know you know what we do because again, it's you know, team roping is it's like uh golf at you know 30 miles an hour <laughs> you know it takes it takes all the same kind of skills and can be just as frustrating but you know you get to be you know john wayne while you're doing it so uh
1: yeah when i came here to italy the it was really peaking the the western horse market over here uh-huh um, there were a lot of uh, really good reigning horses that were imported here to Italy. In 1998, when I began working, I talked to a friend of mine at the AQHA, there were 33,000 horses registered here in 98. So I would say that's at least doubled by now. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. The raining over here is huge. And it's really big and very, very competitive. Really? Very, very. Yeah. All the, I think I don't know for how long but the past I'm pretty sure 7 or 8 years the NRHA world champions always came out of uh out of Europe because we have so many high money events over here. Yeah. That's great. That's great.
0: So now you you um are doing uh the World Series rope over there now. Is it um it's completely separate though from World Series over here uh in terms of like, you know, the year-end stuff and everything or
1: well it is it's a it's pretty much the same as a regular world series qualifier we have adjusted the entry fees and you know we're in a startup program with the world with the world series to and hopefully by 2020 we're going to be exactly the same Uh But we're having some really good ropings. I think our team total at the qualifier in April was around 250 total teams.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: We had a number 12 through a number eight. And then we had a number seven add-on roping, which had a lot of participation. And and I think that's real important is to get new people into the sport.
0: Yeah. And in in terms of like, uh, you know, tack and and ropes and everything – Uh, does most, most of that, uh, comes from the U S
1: yes. Yeah. Almost everything, everything comes from the United States. Um, yeah, there's numerous, numerous (laughs) dealers over here. Um, I've, I've been with cactus for almost 20 years, I would say. And, you know, I'm, I'm just helping them. I use the products. I really like their products and I use them and, and then set them up with dealers and stuff. But now a lot of people are, are buying things online. Right. So, so, so I'm just trying to show people new products and things like that. And that, that way, the Europeans can actually go online and make the purchases themselves, because importing, importing all that stuff becomes pretty tricky and expensive. Yeah.
0: Now, I, I saw. Um, I, I at least I think I saw it one time. Uh, do you? Um, uh, are you with
1: uh, which? Uh,
0: t- uh, you know, rope and uh, dummy. Are you with or or, or do you promote or?
1: Well, I use the I use the Hot Hills. I've you okay. know, I started I started with the Hot Hills back when Hot Hills just started. Mm-hmm. And one I mean, I don't know if it was one of the first ones, but it was the first machine that I saw that I thought would work. And and it's been like the secret to our success over here is is having a machine like that. All the machines and sleds are very good. Right. Uh, but I keep extra parts over here for everybody and and we it's worked really good for us, and it's that was actually the major cha- changing point for me as an instructor and in teaching people to rope is having some kind of sled to teach the people on. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough putting on a roping or putting on a roping clinic when you don't speak the language. <laughs> you go up there, everybody's got snaffle bits and not no tie downs on their horse, and never never caught anything. Right, right. You, Yeah, and then after they catch them, that's when it gets dangerous. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So do you then? Do you guys you import the hot hot heels uh, from here or?
1: Yes. uh, Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we usually ship them over by uh, air air freight. Air freight. Now,
0: now, hot heels. Do they have? um, I'm just trying to think. Do they have any other? uh, You know. dummies or tools or is it just basically just the hot heels
1: well they got the hot heels and then they also bought uh buford oh they so did. they got all they got all the replacement replacement parts for brute buford and they got the jake steer rope and dummy that's they've right got a sled and yeah they've got they've got about everything you need
0: yeah and I remember the Jake steer was one of the first ones that came out like that um you know that was looked like a li- uh, you know a real steer and and was pretty oh, easy oh yeah to those
1: are yeah those are so much better than the old you know the old plastic head plastic in the hay. yeah head and the hay and the mess everywhere and right yeah yeah and i I've had quite a few of my students um go to the United States and compete and and rope and spend some time on over there
0: yeah and there's there's one guy I've, I've i've seen on some of the posts um and i believe his name's dave and uh he's a you know roper and i think a, a stunt man over there <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah dave is just uh he's just a super guy super he's a He's a really nice guy. He's actually a bus driver in Turin, the city of Turin. No kidding. He's a bus driver, and, uh, and he comes and ropes with me all the time. Uh, I mean, all of, all of his free time, and he works really hard at it. Maybe not the most talented guy I've ever seen. He's got more try than anybody I've ever seen.
0: Uh, well, I just, I just know that I, I read it, there was a, something written somewhere. His, his, one of his goals is to come over here and, and take over Wickenburg, and you know, I'm in, I'm in Arizona, I'm, I'm in Chandler, and I just, I just thought that was great, you know, that some guy in Europe wants to come over here and you know, uh, rope in Wickenburg, Arizona. So.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're always every time they're roping the dummy, they're talking about they're. Rancho Rio, high team back. Yeah, that's great. Rio, yeah. yeah, and I've had another student of mine named Giuliano Riano. He, uh, he's been staying with Ray Siggins there in, uh, in uh, Coolidge. Okay, yeah. In the last couple years. And I think he's won about 24,000 in the last two years uh, roping in the United States.
0: That's great. He's
1: the number six header, so he's doing really good. Another kid named matteo Del mastro he uh he spent some time in Kerman California near Fresno and uh he won about twelve thousand out in california roping and both of those young men uh, have roped at Vegas at the finale okay yeah 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 and every every i think for the last eight years we've had participation and i there at uh vegas, i think we had six or eight teams in 2017 yeah that's awesome that's even from the czech republic we had some rovers from the czech republic there this year
0: that is so cool so cool so now you guys have something coming up in germany again and again my, my geography is horrible so uh how far is germany from you guys
1: well, uh, the border, is all, all we got to do is get across Switzerland. Here from my house, it's only about four and a half, five hours. But the okay. major obstacle in Europe is the Alps because they, they come all the way up the west side of Italy, all the way across, across the top of Italy.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're a real big mountain range. And hauling horses over here is much different than the United States. Uh, gasoline prices and road tolls are very expensive. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah yeah it's really expensive but you know we're trying uh, we're really trying up there in germany to, to get it going and and to uh get more participation i think i think the further you go south probably similar to the united states you know the weather's better and the cultures are a little different so so i think it's uh uh for sure a sport for southern europe yeah very cool
0: so um so you you use cactus ropes uh and, and cactus products cactus saddles too?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then uh what about uh your your cowboy hat? You got any favorite cowboy hat brands or
1: Yeah, pretty much uh Resistol. That's what I wear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, black how about- gold black gold in the winter and uh one of the USTRC style Resistol straws in the summertime.
0: Nice. And how about boots? Ariat. Ariat. You got a sponsorship
1: with them, or? I do not. No. No.
0: But I love them. That's great. Yeah, it's it's that's that's an amazing brand. How that brand has just exploded. And, you know, we started right there in San Francisco, Bay Area, I think in ninety three or ninety six, one or the other, but.
1: Yes, that's funny because uh, Rocky Carpenter was working on the show. Ariat just came out, uh-huh. and we actually we had a lot of injuries in the Wild West show in Paris, and we all got those lace-up Ariat boots to use during the show.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah, because that was '98, you said, and and they they had just come out then.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, I guess that was '94. '94.
0: Okay, so they may have just come out in '93 because that that may have been when it was. Now, how, how often you get back over here to uh, to the states?
1: Well, I used to come. I used to come every fall, or I would take a group of ropers to uh, the USTRC finals, uh-huh. or I'd take a, gr- a group of ropers out to, uh, to Arizona and then go to Vegas for the World Series Finals. But uh, the last couple of years, I have not been because I got into the hazelnut business. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've got about 2,000 plants in the ground now, and they're growing. So, And we usually plant at the end of November, the 1st of December. So I've been really busy with that the last couple of years.
0: That's very cool. Was there something in particular that got you interested in that or, or, you know,
1: well, the, uh, here in Piemonte, the hazelnuts that are produced here are, are the most flavorful ones in the world. And actually, the Ferrero Company, which produces Nutella and also Ferrero Rocher chocolates, uh-huh. they had some conferences around here. And I had a farm. I've got some farmland. And, uh, and they were asking farmers to plant more because every Ferrero Rocher chocolate, has to have a whole uh, pe- uh, hazelnut from Piemonte in the center. Oh no kidding! And they're selling a lot of them. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And what? Uh, another interesting thing uh, over here has been our cattle
2: situation.
1: Yeah. How do you? Where? What cattle do
0: you guys use, and where do they? Where do they come from?
1: Well, that uh, that's pretty interesting. The There's an old ancient breed of cattle over here called the Marimano. Um, They're big, big framed white cattle Uh and similar to longhorns in the size of their horns, but they were raised years ago, mostly for oxen because they used them in the fields and everything. And uh, some farmers north of Rome they are real resistant cattle Uh and some farmers north of Rome still raise those cattle so we have for the last 20 years we've been roping those cattle and they, they've they been fantastic they're really good cattle their only drawback is their size and frame which uh which only gives us about a year out of out of our most roping steers
0: oh really they just get too big
1: yeah they get they get really big horns get big and yeah they just get they get really heavy and yeah. Even though you might get some patterns on them and be able to still rope them, it would be, be too heavy for, for some of the smaller horses we have over here. Yeah. But I have a new idea. I've got a new deal going. I uh, This year in February, I bought a set of cattle from the Camargue. Have you ever heard of the Camargue in the south of France? Uh, I have not. All right. The Camargue is uh, where the delta of the Rhone River Goes into the Mediterranean. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of marshes down there and swampland, and uh, these cattle are pretty much wild. They're not actually a domesticated breed, and um, and I bought a set of those. They're really aggressive. They use them for a type of bullfight, bloodless bullfight. They do in the south of France, but they're really small and they're real wild. They're real fast, and it took me three months to get. 15 head broke in oh, man. <laughs> and a lot of horses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they knocked the, they only weigh about 300 pounds, but they broke the front gate off of my pre chute. shoot. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We had to just take them from the back gate for, for at least a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but, but once you get them broke in,
0: uh, they're, uh, long-term cattle.
1: Oh, I think they're going to. I mean, this is the first set that anyone's ever been able to really break in. Uh huh. And because I've got, you know, a really good arena uh, with the direct return alley where they come back single file. Right. uh, Yeah, they're looking fantastic. And we've already seen a difference in the competition as far as the times and and things like that. A little faster times because everything's happening faster.
0: Right. Right. Yeah,
1: they're all straight black. They almost all look. Identical,
0: <laughs> bunch of clones.
1: Yeah, yeah, the perfect rope and steer. I'm hoping that's great. That's great.
0: Well, hey, Mike, we're getting getting close to uh, end of our, our time here. What, um uh, how many ropings are you doing a year over there now? Or in- well,
1: in 2017, I think we had 18 total ropings. We do a we do a roping a month at the European Team Roping Center. Uh-huh. And we got a covered arena and everything there. And we got a great crew that helps out to put the ropings on. My wife is a secretary and uh, she can announce in three languages. So oh, major plus.
0: That's great.
1: That's a major plus. So we have a rope in there at our arena uh, once a month. And we also have a round robin once a month. And then we have three world series qualifiers per year. One in the end of April here in Italy. One in uh, Germany, the 15th of July, and Labor Day weekend, the first weekend in September, we have the, the second one here in Italy, which is our biggest one. We call it the European Qualifier, and it's at an outstanding facility. It's called the Cowboy Guest Ranch. It's ho- they have a hotel, Western store, a uh, bar with live music every night, um, of steakhouse restaurant 120 stalls two covered arenas it's an outstanding facility man
0: that's awesome that's great that's
1: yeah we we really love it uh really love to have americans come over and i really try to take care of them get them hooked up with uh horses or whatever they need partners we really try to help them out because i think that's what uh is really going to make rope and grow once these people get connections and they go to the States and make friends and borrow some horses over there. And then the Americans can come over here. It's a win-win situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming over. Um, you know, my wife and I've been talking for a while about, uh, you know, coming to Europe and, and she would have never thought that we end up going, uh, initiated by, by roping. Uh, so, um, uh I'm, I'm definitely gonna gonna look you up uh when we get that trip plan to come over there and uh i'd love to i'd love to meet you when you when you come over stateside too if you come to arizona or at the at the finals uh in vegas
1: oh yeah we'll yeah. be back for sure i've got a 14 year old daughter that's crazy about roping and
0: oh she craving it huh
1: oh yeah that's yeah great. she really, really likes it and so we'll be there that's great. Well, hey,
0: Mike, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing, uh, you know, just your story, which is just uh, fascinating to me. I just I think it's so, uh, so amazing and, and just awesome what you've been able to do. And uh, from everything from, you know, thinking you're going to Oklahoma uh, in the Army and gonna take your horses and just jackpot on the weekends or whatever. You end up in Germany and uh, and then you end up at the the Buffalo Bill Wild West show in Paris, which is that's just crazy.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a heck of a ride and a lot of fun. But I love it here in Europe, and um, like I said, love having people come over from the United States to actually come to Europe, but don't go to the city to get right. out in the country and see how country people live over here. And, and yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Really, really enjoy it.
0: Very cool. Well, hey, Mike. Thanks again. I really appreciate it, and and uh, I look forward to you know keeping up with the ropings and things that are going on over there, and then uh, uh, get you back on the podcast uh, here later on too to just talk about more stuff and how things are coming. And, and interested to hear uh, how those how those cattle work out too. That's that's. I mean, you're a pi- you're you're a pioneer over there. That's for sure.
1: Okay, I'm gonna send you some. You'll so we'll, we'll get to see how they look. Okay. Okay. Great. All
0: right. Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it. You bet.
2: Every Friday afternoon, I hitch of the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses. And then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the rope and bend. problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the rope and pain Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands, to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, if you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins. Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them. Down at the Roping Pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend. Down at the Roping Pen. Down at the Roping Pen.